Hello and welcome to the happiness question. Today's guest is Epiphany Jordan, the expert on nurturing human touch. Today we get all into the touchy feels of happiness and hugs. Happiness is free, happiness is real. You can live a happy life, trust me, it is real. Happiness like medicine, trust me, it can heal. So hello friend, listen up, as I tell you this. You can be happier, happier. You can be happier, happier. You can know happiness. Sadness comes, but there is something greater. The choice is yours. You can choose to rise or stay down. So make a choice to be happy every day. No matter what may come or go, you can be happier. Happier. You can be happier. You can know. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well, thank you. Can I ask you questions as well? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's always more fun. You're always welcome to. Well, I mean, it's such a deeply individual topic. Everybody has a very different meanings about touch and comfort level with it. So I think Sometimes it's helpful to ask the podcast host so that it's not just my opinion here. And especially if your um, audience is really familiar with you, it might be cool for them to listen to you process the topic a little bit because there's so much about it. So anyways. Yeah, it's a hard topic, but nobody's gone anywhere near that at all. Oh, it's, it's starting. I mean, with the pandemic, people are talking about it a lot more. Like people are talking about it more, but like nobody has ever applied to the podcast with anything similar. I couldn't say no because one, I knew it worked and two, no one else had possibly thought about it. So, I mean, a lot of people have thought about it. If you want to specifically talk about how it relates to happiness, I can give you some anecdotes about doing group events where two minutes of this and people are just like, oh my God, this feels so good. Can we do it again? And they're laughing and smiling and yeah, two minutes. So yeah. 
Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to let you start. I'm going <laughs> to just let you ask me questions and we'll see where it goes. Sweet. Perfect. Okay. And it's Epiphany Jordan, I'm assuming? That would be me. Perfect. Okay. You would be surprised how oddly people pronounce their names. That should be so, so simple. I know. Well, I legally changed my name and my original name. I have spent two years of my life spelling it out over the phone because I had the letter F and the letter S, which are two letters that are really hard to spell, to make out over the phone. And then both my names were really unusual. And it's just like, okay, but now everybody... Wait, so more unusual than epiphany? Oh, (laughs) <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, and now when I say epiphany, a lot of times people will be like, Tiffany? So I've had to learn that I have to pronounce it over the phone, epiphany, if I'm calling a client or something. So yeah, anyways. Thank you, Epiphany, for joining us on the show today. How are you doing, by the way? I'm good. How are you? I'm uh, doing good. Di- yeah, I'm, I'm used to being alone, so uh, pandemic life hasn't been as hard for me as a lot of people. And I'm well-resourced and well-connected, so it's, it's good. I mean, it's hard, but it's good. But. That's good to hear. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. What would you like to know specifically? Well, what's your background? We know that you have a very unique background compared to any other guests we've had on the show thus far. Sure. Okay. So if we're specifically talking about work stuff, for the past seven years, I've been practicing, researching, talking about and thinking about the subject of nurturing human touch or platonic touch. For the past seven years, I've had a business, a hands-on touch business called Karuna Sessions, which we provide compassionate touch or immersive touch therapy for people from all walks of life. Also, about five years into that, I ended up writing a book on the topic, which is called Somebody Hold Me, The Single Person's Guide to Nurturing Human Touch. And the more that I've gotten into it, the more I'm fascinated with this topic. And right now I'm kind of on a mission to redesign human touch because it's not working for a lot of us the way that we practice it or approach it or think about it. Oh, and especially with COVID-19 happening right now, it seems like it's really hard to do that. It's really hard. I don't know if you saw, probably about three or four weeks ago, New York Times had an article where they interviewed a lot of immunologists and epidemiologists, and they're like, okay, it's safe to hug during a pandemic. And of course, some people aren't going to feel safe, or they have very strict protocols, wear a mask, make sure that you're not breathing into each other's faces or talking or yelling or crying or what have you, which of course is hard to do for some people. And then wash your hands afterwards. And then other epidemiologists are like, mm, not sure about that. So it's really become a life and death thing. A, a lot of people don't think about touch. It's something they approach very unconsciously. And it's always been something that's really important and powerful but it's just now that we're really starting to think about it in those terms. So how do you suggest we do this during this crisis, use platonic touch? So it's going to look completely different for every person. I think for people who are quarantined or sheltered in place with their family, 
you can have activities that are kind of more fun for the kids. Like the kids could cut each other's hair or braid each other's hair or dye each other's hair or something or do foot rubs on each other or the whole family could be snuggled up under a blanket on the couch watching Netflix. For couples, I think outsourcing or doing for each other more of the social grooming stuff, like you have to put lotion on your hands every five minutes because your hands are chapped from washing them all the time. (laughs) Ask your partner to do that for you. Brush each other's hair. You could shave your partner's face. So I, I think it's easier for people who are quarantined with their families. If you're quarantined with roommates or something and you're sharing the same germs in the same space anyways, you could consider just saying, can we hug each other every day? Although, I mean, I know a lot of people aren't touching their roommates. Or you could do foot rubs or, again, the cuddle up on the couch. If you're single or if you're quarantining alone, then it's a whole different dimension. You need to be very, very cognizant. You need to have lots and lots of conversations. But with that, I would actually suggest that people move towards their friends, their social circle people that they already know and trust. You're probably going to get a straight answer for them because you already have that level of intimacy and trust already built up. I mean, one of the big problems that we're having right now is that there was a lot of touch out there that was being shared that was transactional, whether that's going to the hairdresser and getting your hair washed or getting a pedicure or a massage or something. All of that's gone. I mean, my massage therapist is open right now and they've done really, really excellent protocols and I feel safe being in their space and I feel good about how they're handling it. But for a lot of people, that's not an option and it's not going to be an option for a while. So I would start with the people who are already in your circles that you trust. And for some people, that's not going to work at all. Earlier this week, I had an article come out on the spirituality and health website about self-touch for people who are feeling a lot of touch hunger right now. One of the big questions that pops out at me is, I don't like being touched. What can your book do for me? (laughs) Well, I will say right now, I don't like to be touched has turned into don't touch me for so many people and so hopefully people are taking this whole thing more seriously and being more cautious about it but if there was ever a time to learn how to set your boundaries in a way that feels really good and unapologetic this would be it it's like we're all getting a lot of chances to to say no i mean i have some friends who are like, yeah, sure, I'll give you a hug with a mask on, and then others who don't want to be within 10 feet of anybody else. So feeling very confident about your boundaries is something that is hard to learn how to do, but I think it's a lot easier right now for people because everybody's kind of avoiding it and having to be much more thoughtful and conscientious about when and where and how they touch other people. How is nurturing human touch different from massage? Hmm. So massage can be nurturing. I've definitely had massages and worked with massage therapists who this person really sees me and feels me and gets me. 
the kind of touch that I'm talking about is a lot lighter. Massage kind of gets at the muscles underneath the skin as opposed to the human touch is very light. It doesn't take a lot of training or hard work to do. You have to be in pretty good physical shape to, to give somebody a massage. And it just also feels very different. I've had a lot of massage therapist clients who are like, wow, I have so many clients who could really use this. It's like every massage therapist I've ever talked to, they have clients who it's like, oh, they need something more than a massage and I can't give them any more than a massage. The other thing is a lot of times if you're cuddling with somebody, that goes both ways. Both you and the person that you're cuddling with get something out of it. There is touch that is one directional where I'm specifically touching you and you're receiving and being cared for by this touch, which is where the nurturing part comes in. But with a massage, it's I'm just going to lay here and melt into your table and Maybe I'll fall asleep and, and you're going to do all the work. Well, the other thing that I think is really relevant to this is that massage is amazing and wonderful, but for a lot of people, it's a luxury expense. If you're practicing nurturing human touch with somebody, it's absolutely free. And you can be any age, any fitness level, it doesn't matter. How did you come to write a book about platonic touch? So I had been working in this area with my hands-on business, Karuna Sessions, for about four years. And I, I wrote the book specifically for single people, although there's a lot of great information in there for people who are partnered as well. So I, I already knew that this was a problem for single people, that this was something that they didn't really have access to. And then about three years ago, I split up with my partner of five years and I didn't want to date. I wanted to focus on other areas of my life. And so I kind of knew that this was a resource that people needed. So I wrote it somewhat for myself. I mean, I'm fortunate that I have people that I could call up and be like, hey, I need somebody to cuddle with or snuggle with. And they would understand exactly what I was talking about and be happy to do that. But I know for most people, it's not a reality. And there's just not a lot of resources out there in this area for people. So how have you been able to write a book on it? Yeah, I've been reading about it. There's a lot of studies um, that have been done by the Touch Research Institute out of Miami. There's a lot of different scientific uh, research studies that have been done about oxytocin, which is the chemical that your body produces when you're touched. I've been gathering anecdotes, talking to other people I know who do professional cuddling. I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of people about this topic, and it's so far-reaching. It, it intersects with so many areas of our lives. It's about biology. It's about anthropology. It's about sociology. It's about communication, gender your upbringing, your neurology, your religious upbringing. There's so many different things that influence our larger culture, your past relationship experience. It just goes on and on. And it's been a really fascinating topic to be working on and reading about. So a lot of the research that's out there about this is actually about infants and babies and young children. And well, I think this applies to adults as well. 
You were mentioning a professional cuddler. I've never heard of that. You've never heard of that. So basically there are people out there who will give you platonic touch for a fee where you go to them or they can come to you and you tell them very specifically what you want. And for some people that might just be cuddling or some people may just want to hold hands or have their head massaged or some people want to talk, some people don't, but it's just a really nice safe space. There's also something out there called cuddle parties where you get together with a group of strangers. Have you heard about that? We were looking into it when you mentioned it in your bio. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was like, what is this? (laughs) So it's a really cool experience to have, even if you go and you just sit in the corner and don't touch anybody because the first part of it is a workshop about boundaries. And that's such a basic form of communication. And yet nobody teaches us about it. And then we're surprised when people do things that we don't want, or we're not able to ask for what we want, or we're not able to say no, or, I mean, it's so simple. And I think it spills into other areas of people's lives as well, not just touch. That's the laboratory where you're applying the the tools that you've learned. But when we used to do cuddle parties, we called them snuggle salons. I mean, I'd have people who would come every month who would be like, oh yeah, I was able to take some of these techniques and communication skills that I learned here and apply them at my job with negotiating with my boss or what have you. It's a really important thing to learn how to do and yet nobody's teaching us. That's, it's such a weird concept to me. I just can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. Can I ask you a few questions? Sure. I see a picture of your family behind the wall. Do you still live with your family? I do. And are, are y'all a very close-knit family? Do you, do you share a lot of touch with your parents and siblings and so forth or no? Or It's kind of interesting because it's not necessarily the love language of most of my family. Mm-hmm. So there's not as much. And do you feel like you're missing out? I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. I know a lot of people who are like, oh, if nobody ever touched me again, I'd be perfectly happy with that. And then some people who they can't function during this pandemic because they feel so isolated. I mean, right now my body feels pretty horrible, even though I exercise and I do yoga every day. And I'm just like, this isn't as much touch as I'm used to getting. And it's more than I want. I'm sorry, I cut you off. So do you, do you feel like you're missing it or you're okay with the amount of touch you get? So I kind of have friends that make up for it because they need it too. So it works. So can you tell me a little bit more about how y'all share touch? Do you just hug when you see each other? Basically. Nice. So this information, if you can't wrap your head around it, that's perfectly fine. If you're satisfied with the amount of touch that you get, then that's beautiful. That's perfect. Yeah, I guess it's just weird for me to think about strangers just being willing to do that. But I guess if you are lacking it enough, it doesn't matter as much anymore. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I always say is that sometimes you 
see commentary, even from professionals like psychologists and stuff saying, oh my God, people who have to go to a professional cuddler, they need to form better relationships. And it's like, well, some people already have those relationships and those relationships just don't include touch. Some people don't have those sorts of friendships or networks. But the one thing that I will say after working with a lot of strangers is being touched by somebody that you don't know is preferable to not being touched at all. And your mileage may vary. For somebody else, they may be like, oh, I can't do that. One of the things that we do in Karuna sessions is you, you have to understand that it's such a big deal for a person to be touched by a stranger. And so we do it in a way that just feels very honoring to the person. We bless them. We wash their feet. We have them meditate. We set all these boundaries with them and expectations of, hey, we're going to just start by touching your hands and your face. And then as we go further, we'll ask you before you touch any other body parts so that they feel safe with doing that. Like, can we touch your shoulders and your arms? They're like, you can touch me anywhere you want. Because <laughs> they're just like, oh, this feels so good. If you are open to the touch and you want it, then it's going to probably feel really good to you. Yeah. I've definitely had clients come in who haven't been touched for a long time. And when you get done, they just look relieved. They look like they're 10 years younger because this is humanity. We've always had to be close to each other to survive. And now we're not. And it's hard for us. It's hard for a lot of people. So what does it have to do with happiness? Oxytocin, the chemical that's produced when somebody touches you when you want to be touched. It's called the love molecule or the trust molecule, or you know, sometimes people call it the happiness chemical. And it's just such an integral part of the human experience. I mean, this is how you started out your life as a baby, being held in your parents' arms. But I'll tell you, sometimes I'll go places and I do like little any workshops or what have you with people and two minutes of touch and they're laughing and they're smiling and they're giggling and they're going oh this feels so good when can we do this again and oh this makes me so happy and it's just it relaxes people it lets them let down their guard and it kind of tells a different story about humanity that it feels good to cooperate and help each other and take care of each other and touch conveys those sentiments really fast. A second of touch can convey an emotion. How do you feel when you get a really good hug? Like, think back on the best hug you've had in the past year. Happy, obviously, but... What, what about it made you happy? I don't know. It just felt good. Yeah, it does. It feels good. And it's a nice respite from having to be on guard and having to be paranoid and thinking, oh, that person's out to get me. It's connection. When somebody hugs you, it makes you feel like you belong, that you're really seen and that you're accepted, whether you're in a good place or a bad place. When you're grieving is one of the most powerful times to be touched or to, to be able to cry on somebody's shoulder. That's amazing. And it's human. Yeah. So let's say there's somebody on our show that is trying to get more touch into their lives. How would you go about doing that? 
That's a great question. It's going to look different for every person. The first thing that I would suggest that somebody do is figure out what the boundaries are or what the barriers are for getting more touch. Is it because they don't have people that they feel like they could touch? There's lots of people out there in various different life circumstances who just don't feel like they can get it. Is it a cultural thing? Were you raised to think that touch was bad or maybe you came from an abusive household and so the idea of being touched means that it's something that's going to end up hurting you so there's all these different things to have to work through what's your relationship status for that question for somebody who's married it's going to look very different from somebody who's single so it's kind of working on sorting that out and then kind of looking at the resources that you have that are closest to you. Right now during the pandemic, I really recommend that people look to people that they already have relationships set up with. And then it's negotiating. In the book, there's a DIY workshop that you're supposed to do with friends, preferably with a group of four or more friends. So you get a system to share touch because it has a very different meaning for all of us. And you have to work and talk about it a little bit to kind of get on the same page because what touch means to me is probably very different than what it means to you. Yeah. That's a great answer. Thank you. No, you're welcome. So you said that you created something like that yourself, some kind of protocol. What is it? How does that work? Okay. Yeah. So that's basically what the second half of the book is about. The first half is taking people through all these different levels. Because like I said, there's a lot to think through before we can you know, do that connection. So by having touch done in groups like this, it becomes a social activity. And there's the four S's. There's you want it to be slow. You want everybody to really approach getting physically closer to each other in a very slow way. The the first thing that you do is just touch another person's hands. Then they're structured. You want to do it in a very structured group setting where everybody kind of knows exactly what's going on and you're going through a very set set of exercises. The next thing is specific. You want to say, oh, that doesn't feel good, or that tickles, or I don't like to be touched there, so that people are getting exactly the thing that they want. And then the last thing is that you want it to feel safe. You want everybody who's in the room to to feel safe with each other and with doing this. And then once you have that, then you set up this situation where there would be four of you and you go through a set of exercises that are meant to be done in order. And then once you kind of get through that, you have all these different ideas of, oh, wow, because most people, when they think about platonic touch, all they think about is hugging a friend, hello or goodbye. But this could be like brushing somebody's hair or giving them a foot massage or even just putting your hand on another person's shoulder. So you're like, oh, wow, there's all these things that I can do with touch, all these different ways that I can share touch with a person. You can just hold hands with them. And and then you also know what you like. When somebody moves their hand really slowly down my arm, I just, I, I don't like that. It feels really creepy, but I like it when they scratch my shoulder. So then you have some idea about what you want and how you want it. And then you have this common frame of reference now 
with the people that you've been through this experience with so that they can go, oh, this is, this is when they're talking, when she's asking me about nurturing human touch, this is what she means. And you're like, oh, okay. So then you can be a little bit less formal after you have this experience together. But it's such a weird thing. You're having a hard time wrapping your head around it. And I think other people do. So it's like, okay, this might be weird and awkward and it's going to feel really different. Although a lot of the weirdness comes from our thoughts. It's like our bodies know, even just touching another person's hand, they're just like, oh my God, this feels amazing. It's like our bodies understand what it's like to be touched pleasantly, even if you had a bad upbringing, even if you had struggles with your family, even if you didn't get that sort of tender touch when you were growing up, it's like our, our bodies still know because it's such a common denominator human experience of we nurture them and we raise them. Wow, it's been a really great interview. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Is there anything else that you want to know or you're going to be I totally lost my thought. Like when this ends, I'm going to remember something I didn't ask you, I'm sure. That's totally fine. I think we've covered a lot of different stuff here. And I suspect you'll be thinking about this topic for yourself for a while, which is good because like I said, it's about really changing your beliefs around why do we touch people? How do we touch people? When do we touch people? Who do we touch? So I'm really heartened though to hear that, that you and your friends do this, that you feel comfortable touching each other. That's lovely. Yeah. I guess the moral of the story is to get outside of your comfort zone to feel comfort. Yeah, you do. And some people may just be like, boom, this makes so much sense to me and I want this. And then other people may be like, I'm going to go away and think about this for a year or two, <laughs> which is great because right now is a great time to be thinking about it so that when we can start touching each other again, we go, okay, I'm going to do this a little bit differently. I wasn't real happy with how things went down during the pandemic and let's do something different here. Yeah. Yeah. Also, where can we find you? Like, ah. Good question. My website is www.nurturinghumantouch.com. The book is available on Amazon. It comes as a print book, as an audio book, and as an ebook. And then I've got some other writings around the web, articles I'm trying to publish more about this right now. You can find me on Instagram under somebody underscore hold me, although you can also find all my social links on my website, um, on Facebook and Twitter and all that good jazz. So perfect. You said it was nurturinghumantouch.org? Dot com. Dot com. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. And I want to say that you can probably find me if you just Google my name as well, Epiphany Jordan. Yes. Cool. All right, Mr. Camden, I'm going to hippity hop out of here. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really enjoyed talking to you. It was cool to be interviewed by somebody who has such a different perspective than I do. (laughs) And I hope it was interesting for you as well. Yes, it definitely was. Cool. You have a fantastic Friday night and I will talk to you soon. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. You can be-
We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Happiness Question. If you did, please consider reviewing and subscribing to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. The Happiness Question is hosted, researched, written, and recorded by me, Camden Boyd. Today's episode was edited by Jonah Byers and Camden Boyd. Edited by Camden Boyd, our theme song, Happier, was both written and recorded by La Yi, especially for the happiness question. Special thanks to today's guest, Epiphany Jordan, for joining us on this episode. You can find more of her by going to nurturinghumantouch.com. You can find more of us at thehappinessquestion.com and can get in touch with us at contact at thehappinessquestion.com. We hope you have a fantastic day. Bye.